0: The, uh, the picture on the screen up there, our word today uh, is uh, committed. And uh, where we get that word is really by uh, not looking at uh, our families, but looking rather at uh, God's commitment uh, to us. If, if we start out right away, and we go uh, into Ephesians 5, and we've been doing Ephesians 5 for, uh, for uh, each of these words, right? We are pulling them out of Ephesians. If we go back to the very beginning of Ephesians 5, uh, we get a general word there from God for us, right? For all of us. And it's, it's right there for you. It says, Do as God does. After all, you are his dear children. Let love be your guide. Christ loved us and offered his life for us as a sacrifice that pleases God. There's the word for us. Now, notice right away, the Apostle Paul is speaking to us and he's giving us a word that says, look, you're supposed to imitate God. That's one of the other translations. It says, be an imitator of God. And then he defines for us, how does God act? Well, God acts by letting love be his guide. And God acts by being willing to sacrifice for each one of us. And we are supposed to imitate that in our world and especially in our families. This is where we get the word commitment. We need to, need to be as committed to our families as God is committed to each one of us and our families. This is the amazing good grace that we we can rejoice in today, is that God is incredibly committed to each one of us. Look at your family, and when God looks at your family, He does not want your family to just be like every other family uh, in this community. He wants your family to be the beacon, the example of what it means to be guided by love and to live in sacrifice. Now, we've been doing a lot of work, remember, in Ephesians 5 here. And, uh, and as we've approached every segment of the family, every person in the family, we, we made it really clear that the Scripture calls each one of us to this role of submission. Remember? Yeah. That each one of us are called to this role of submission. This submission is summarized in the word commitment. What God is calling us to do is exactly what He has done for us. He became one of us. He submitted Himself to live among us. He submitted Himself to die on a cross. He submitted Himself to all the pain and the suffering. He submitted Himself to everything that is broken in our world and in our families and in our lives. Why? So that we could be renewed and commit ourselves. The word for today is commitment. And when you get that word working in your family and all these other words that have been introduced to you from Ephesians 5, the promise God makes to you is that His commitment will never change. That His commitment to you will be as constant today and every day of your family's life. If you look at Hebrews 13, Hebrews 13 says, The Lord has promised that He will not leave us or desert us. Does that sound like commitment to you? Isn't that incredible? This is the commitment that God makes to us. He just makes this commitment, whether we fulfill it or not. He is absolutely, utterly committed to each one of us. And He's committed to our families. He wants our families to be the most awesome families on the face of the earth. He wants our families to not just blend into this community and not just kind of blend into all the other families around us. He wants our families to be so incredible that everybody else around us is looking at our families and saying, I want what they got. It is for us to get this understanding of how committed God is to us. And then like Paul said in Ephesians 5.1, we are supposed to what? Do as God does. We are supposed to exercise this commitment in our families to be guided by love and serve one another in sacrifice you with me this is commitment This is the commitment that God calls us to uh, in our families. If we'd look for a particular verse that would try to help us understand where this commitment comes from, we'd probably go back to Genesis 2, back to the experience when God created Adam and Eve, and He brings Eve to Adam, and you remember that? Whoa, yeah, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, and the rejoicing that went on. Here's the verse that comes right after that experience. Therefore, because of all that other words we've shared, therefore... A man shall leave his father and mother, and shall become united and cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Have you heard that verse before? Where do you always hear that verse? Come on, almost every wedding you go to, right? Every wedding you go to. From now on, I hope you hear that verse differently. What I want to do this morning is understand commitment by unpacking this particular verse. and and trying to understand the commitment that God calls for uh, in our families if we're really going to imitate the commitment that he has for us. So if we look at this first, let's start out and understand that the commitment God is calling us to is a commitment, ironically, to leave. That's the first part of the verse. Therefore a man shall leave, right, shall leave his father uh, and his mother. There's a a transition that's got to take place in your family. And there's some leaving that has to happen. Now, in the text, he's talking about a a man leaving his father and mother. What was his primary relationship as a child now changes when he gets married. When you get married, you get a new primary relationship. And you leave what was your old relationship, and now you have a new commitment to a primary relationship. Do you see where that's going? In order to be committed to the new primary relationship, you got to leave behind what was. Here's the fundamental truth for us. If you're going to be committed to your family, you got to be ready to let go of some other things. Th- did you notice this family over here? Did you notice how here they were in this, this great outdoors, in this cr- incredible opportunity to be, to be committed to one another, to experience one another, to have this, this incredible time totally focused on each other and what was happening. All kinds of other things were drawing them away, wouldn't it? And lots of technology, all that stuff. All kinds of things were entering into and drawing them away from the opportunity to be committed to their primary relationship in their family. And who was the one in the whole experience that kept saying, Oh man, the great outdoors, what a great time for us to be together and be committed to one another. The father in the family, right? You see, this is what God does every day. This is what God does every day. Every day he looks at our families and he says, Oh, I created a beautiful day for this family. I, this is the most awesome day. This family can experience this, this commitment together. They, they can leave behind all this other stuff that's trying to pull them this way or pull them that way or, or draw them away from that primary relationship in their life to their family. They can leave that behind and they can, they can be the family that I dream them to be. But what happens to us? Does anybody know any families or family members that are overcommitted? And doesn't that over-commitment to all these other things out there draw us away from the opportunity to be that committed family? You see, I've watched this happen all the time. And what's so interesting is if you watch this happen, for whatever reason, the way the world works, it is always easier for us in our families to steal time away from the family and give it to somebody else than to say no to somebody else or something else. Isn't that true? Because we know our family will understand. Our family will forgive us somehow. And so instead of leaving behind what's trying to push into our life or draw us away from our committed relationship in the family, we just willingly walk the other way. What's God saying to us today? Listen, you need to leave some things behind in your family. You need to sit down as a family today and start looking at that calendar and that time and say, wait a minute, this, things are getting out of control. we got to leave some stuff. we got to leave some stuff that's drawing us away from family and get back to that primary relationship that God has called us to, to be family. Wouldn't that be an exciting thing? To get recommitted and do exactly what God is calling you to do to say, I just have to leave. Leave this. Leave that. Let go of this. In, in the Greek, the word that he uses there is a very strong word. It's not just this subtle little leaving. It's, it's the same word that was used when the disciples ran away from Jesus when, when they betrayed him. They forsook him. It's that powerful. There's stuff that you just, you, you just got to run away from it. You, you just got to get it out of your life and out of your family because your family commitment is more important. Amen? Next thing about commitment to family. What this verse would also tell us is that we have to be committed to our family in willing to be united. It goes like this if you follow the rest of the verse it says and they shall become united and cleave to his wife. So there's a shift in the primary relationship and then also something happens when you enter into the commitment into this relationship. You know what the best word in this in this whole thing is? A lot of people look and they say, oh, I love that word cleave. Just just rolls out great, isn't it? Oh, cleave, yeah, cleave. Yeah. I don't like that word. I, I kind of like the word that's up there that says become. I like that word. You know why I like that word? That word tells me that it is a process. That that I'm not going to do it perfect from the get-go. That it's going to take time, it's going to take effort, it's going to take commitment, but I am willing to be committed to the process of making my family everything that God wants it to be. That I have to engage myself and all the members of the family have to commit themselves to being engaged in that growing together for the purpose of reflecting what God wants our family to be to the rest of the world. Now, now what's interesting about the other words, that word united, the Greek word that lies behind that is a word that's used for the process of gluing two pieces of wood together. This is so insightful. Remember, Jesus came out of whose house? Joseph the carpenter. Come on, get with me. Joseph the carpenter, right? Yeah, Jesus is using his dad's Business here, right? He's he's using the carpenter business language, and he's and he's saying, "Hey, this is the process. It is that process where you, where you take two pieces of wood and and you line the grain up and you glue them together. And the goal is that when you're done, you've got a tabletop that when you look at it, it looks like one incredible piece of wood, right? This is what he's saying. He's saying, "Look, you got you got to commit yourself to the process." And that means you're, you're going to run up against some tough grain sometime. But you've got to commit yourself to the process of your family of growing together. Have you noticed something about families? They don't always get along. They don't always see things eye to eye. Is this true? You can shake your heads if you don't want to admit it verbally. That's okay. Right? Absolutely. Why? Because we're broken people. We're broken people and and we're engaged in this process. What's important for us is to understand that God says, look, you got this primary relationship and you need to commit yourself to your family. You need to commit yourself to the process of growing through the challenges and the disagreements that you have in your family. You can't just get up and get frustrated with this person or that person in your family and, and just walk away and say, well, I don't want this family thing anymore. Now, if you're going to be guided by love, and you're going to be committed to submission and sacrifice, if you're going to do what God does, then you have to be willing to engage in the process of working through your difficulties. This is what families do. This is what God's family does. We engage each other and we work through that process. Even though it can be challenging for us, it doesn't change our commitment to work through it and be the kind of family God wants us to be. If you look at, uh, at uh, Ephesians 4, uh, Paul gives us some insight into that. He says, we are part of the same body. So stop lying and start telling each other the truth. Are there some families that just need to get honest with each other? Isn't that true? I mean, you hear what he's saying? In families, we're the ones that need to just be absolutely honest with each other. And look what he says next. So, so don't, don't get so angry that you sin. And don't go to bed angry. And don't give the devil a chance. What's he want us to do in our families? Be committed to the process of working through your difficulties. That's what sets you apart. That's what makes you God's family. That's what sets you apart from all the other families in this broken world. You have the chance to redeem your family. So be committed to the process of being united. It means you have to commit yourself, no matter what, to growing through that process. And that may not be easy. Zig Ziglar uh, tells a story. I like it, and so I'm going to share it with you. Where a pastor... um, was in his office and a wife uh, came and sat down there and said uh, she'd had it she'd had it with her husband enough is enough and she wanted a divorce and so the pastor tried to talk to her about this of course and so the pastor said to her well uh, do you have any grounds she responded yes we have three acres outside of town you've been there he said no 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 i mean do you have a grudge she said no we, we have a carport He said, no, look, what I need to know is, does your husband beat you up? She said, no, I'm usually up at six. He doesn't get up till seven. <laughs> no, he said, I'm asking you, I'm saying, do you have a case? She says, no, we have a John Deere. <laughs> he says, ma'am, I'm trying to ask you, are you and your husband having troubles? She said, oh, pastor, yes, lots of troubles. And he says, like what? Give me an example. She says, my husband just doesn't communicate. You see how it is? That's the way families are. What makes us different, what makes us different, is we're families that are committed because we do what God does. We look beyond our faults and we see the possibilities of what our family member can become. We do what God does. We sacrifice for the sake of our family. We do what God does. We let love be our guide. This is what makes our families. We are committed to become what God wants us to become. We leave that primary relationship and we commit ourselves to our families and we commit ourselves to whatever it takes to grow to become the kind of family God wants us to become. And as we begin this, as we begin this, we start our families in commitment. We don't just get commitment. We start our families with commitment. Now, this is a hard one for us, and uh, I'm not up here this morning to uh, bash those people who have uh, gone through separation or gone through divorce. Uh, you know it is a difficult thing and and uh, you know the good news is God's grace is sufficient and and that's what we rely on. but but I, but I got to share with you as we talk about commitment to the family, what God's attitude is toward this commitment. And it's not a commitment that just happens. It's a commitment that we make and we live out of this commitment. And so we need to understand that God understands we are to be absolutely, utterly committed. Committed to our marriages and committed to our families. We see it in that same verse uh, in uh, when Jesus uses that verse about how we're supposed to be uh, committed to endure. Committed to endure. It's right at the end. It says, what God has joined together... Let no one separate. What's God's attitude? Let no one separate. That that we need to enter into our relationships and our covenants of marriage with this kind of commitment and this kind of attitude. Ecclesiastes 5 gives us some great advice. It says, It's better not to make a promise at all than to make one and not keep it. If, If you're not sure... If you're you're not ready to make that commitment that when you stand up there and say, you know, I'm making this commitment until death parts us, don't don't make the commitment. Don't don't get married. Wait. Figure it out. Because the commitment that God places us in is a commitment that absolutely endures. We are committed. God's commitment to you is not going to go away. God's not going to wake up tomorrow and say, you know, I just didn't like the way they behaved yesterday, and so... You know, I'm just not going to be committed to them today. You know, I just don't feel they're the same person they were, you know, yesterday. And so I'm sure there's got to be something better for me. So I'm going to take my commitment away and focus on somebody else. God doesn't behave that way. And remember what we're supposed to do? Do as God does. Our commitment is supposed to be commitment. If you can't enter into that commitment with that kind of covenant... The advice is don't enter into the commitment. We we see this happen with Jesus in Matthew 19 when Jesus has a dialogue with some Pharisees and uh, they do what they do really well. They try to tricked Jesus, of course, in the process. So it says some Pharisees came, and they wanted to test Jesus. And they came up to him, and they asked, is it right for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? So they get into the what ifs. You know, well, what if this? What if that? And if he answers this way, they figure, oh, we got him. Or if he answers that way, well, oh, we got him, see? Look what Jesus does in his answer. Jesus answered, Don't you know that in the beginning the Creator made a man and a woman? That's why a man leaves his father and mother and gets married. He becomes like one person with his wife. Then they are no longer two people, but one. And no one should separate a couple that God has joined together. Do you see God's commitment? And we're supposed to do what God does. This is the commitment we need to enter into in in that marriage covenant. When God made a covenant with Abraham, to show you how committed God is, when he made a covenant with Abraham, he took animals and he split them in half and he laid them on the ground and blood and everything all over the place. And he made a covenant with Abraham by walking through the middle of these animals. And when God did that, God was saying, Listen, Abraham, I am so committed to you that if I fail in my covenant, may what happened to these animals happen to me. That's how committed God is. And that's the commitment that he calls for us. It is to be be absolutely, utterly committed because we know that's what God desires from each one of us. Let me just give you one more place to illustrate how dedicated God is to this kind of attitude of commitment. And young people, I, I hope you're listening as you're looking for you know relationships in your life and maybe that possibility of marriage. Uh, but if you go to uh, Malachi uh, 2, You'll see how committed God is. And why isn't God pleased? Well, it's because he knows that each of you men have been unfaithful to the wife you married when you were young. You promised that she would be your partner, but now you have broken that promise. Didn't God create you to become like one person with your wife? And why do he do this? Well, it was so you would have children and then lead them to become God's people. Don't ever be unfaithful to your wife. The Lord God, all-powerful of Israel, hates anyone who is cruel enough to divorce his wife. So take care. Never be unfaithful. Do you see him kind of raise the stakes at the end when God took on this character? Let the Lord God, all-powerful of Israel? This is important for us. We have to understand that, that this is the commitment that God calls for from his people when we enter into that covenant of marriage. Now remember, if that's not been part of your life, if your marriage has been broken, if if you're on the other side of this, hear loud and clear this morning that God's commitment to you hasn't changed. And that commitment is to provide forgiveness and grace that is sufficient and to restore you so you can rediscover what He has for you in your life and in your relationships. But you need to know God's desire, what pleases God, is this kind of commitment that commitment that will endure. Where does it leave us? It leaves us at the beginning place. Really, it's the beginning place for every word that I've shared with you uh, in this series. If you don't get this one, you really can't employ all of the words that we've talked about so far. The real beginning point for our families and our marriages rests right here. It is in our commitment, first and foremost, to Jesus Christ. You see, all this works because it starts with God's commitment to us. All all this happens because it starts when we start doing what God does, what He's done for us in Jesus Christ. It all begins when we understand the incredible grace that God has shown us in Jesus Christ. When we look uh, at... uh, At uh, Joshua 24, Joshua understood this as he was taking the people of Israel into the promised land. And, And all this good stuff was lying right out there in front of him in the promised land. But Joshua understood that something had to happen to them first. That that before they got out in the land, before they got out there and living and all that good stuff that God had prepared for them, they had to understand one thing, and this is what he tells them. Then Joshua told the people, worship the Lord, obey Him, and always be faithful. Get rid of the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived on the other side of the Euphrates River and in Egypt. But if you don't want to worship the Lord, then choose right now. Will you worship the same idols your ancestors did? Or since you're living on land that once belonged to the Amorites, maybe you worship their gods. Now look what he does. I won't. My family, my family and I are going to worship and obey the Lord. What had to happen first? Before he could experience all the promises of the land that were out in front of him, before his family could enjoy the fruit of everything God had in store for him, what did he have to do? Commit himself and his family to the Lord. This is where it begins. Husbands and wives, commit, commit your spouse to the Lord. Pray for him every day and commit him to the Lord. Tur- turn them over. Commit him to the Lord. Parents, commit your kids. Commit them to the Lord. Every day. Turn them over. Kids, commit your parents. Commit them to the Lord. Pray over them every single day. You see, this is where it begins. When we commit our families to God's desire. When we commit our families to say, Lord, this is yours. Whatever you do with us, we are going to praise you and honor you and glorify you. It begins when we commit ourselves. Because when we commit ourselves, when we commit our families, we give God the opportunity To really work. Let me show you the last verse. It's Proverbs 16. This is a great verse. Roll your works upon the Lord, commit and trust them wholly to Him. Where are you putting? Put them right on Him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to His will, and so shall your plans be established and succeed. Did you get it? This is the beginning. We commit our families, our spouses, to the Lord. And that gives God the chance to change us, to to help us understand, to be committed to, to each other in sacrifice and letting love be the guide. It allows God to work in our hearts and our minds and help us become what He wants us to become and and endure and, and continue in that commitment no matter what. It gives God the opportunity to work on us and shape us and lift us up in this community so that everybody around us says, that family, wow, that family, I want to be like them. As we end the series, I want to invite you to just pray with me today and begin at the beginning, right where we end. And just commit your spouse, commit your family, your kids, commit them in this moment and relinquish them to the goodness and the grace of God. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We are committed. We are committed because we know you are incredibly committed to us. You showed it. When your son, Jesus Christ, endured everything, when he took on everything on the cross, all of our weakness and our failures, and those times when we failed in our commitment, when he rose from the grave and restored us to life. Father, we come to you today, and we commit. Just like you, we commit. We commit the life that's in front of us as single people. We commit our spouses as married people. We commit our children as parents. We commit our parents as children. We ask that you would have our, have your way with our families. Let them be absolutely everything you want them to be. We roll it all onto you now. We commit it all to you. And we know what you have in store for us is more and better than we could ever manage or muster on our own. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you for these family words, and especially for the privilege, the goodness of your grace, the guiding of your love, that we can commit ourselves completely and totally to you. We do so in Jesus' name. Amen.